0: Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional, and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling, and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hi team, welcome to episode six of our Connection series. I hope you've been enjoying these connection series so far. These are the topics that we dig into in the riding school and with our members in Training Trainability and Green to Self-Carriage. When it comes to improving our riding, it's not just about pushing a horse through it, pushing ourselves through it quite often we can get to that point of feeling disheartened and disappointed in ourselves that we've been stuck at one point for far too long. We don't know if we should just give up altogether or maybe our horse needs a better rider or we need a different horse. We can get stuck in this spiral and caught up in our head where we feel like we can't get anywhere. We're not going anywhere and we just generally feel trash about ourselves. So when I get stuck, wherever my students get stuck, we come back to the quality of the relationship and the quality of the connection. Because hands down, 100% of the time, if you're going to start asking more of your horse, you need to be giving more of yourself to your horse. The relationship needs to go stronger. The connection needs to go deeper. The trust needs to thrive the faith and support that we have in each other grows and blossoms, and if we're holding ourselves back and we're staying reserved in any of these areas, our horses aren't gonna give that part of themselves to us either. So if we're getting stuck in a challenge and we're getting stuck in our growth patterns and we're getting plateaued in our training and you're feeling that not good enough, push, 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 need to crack through this block, it often requires a recentering and a regrounding and a restart from a relationship and values perspective and then taking action through alignment with those values quite often when we go back to our foundations and we check in on our values the actions that we've taken to this point has maybe missed something along the lines of where those actions and those values stay aligned maybe we got through a previous training block by pushing them through it by not hearing where they needed to the support where they don't have the emotional resilience and agility to deal with that extra stress and that extra challenge. Maybe they haven't got the physical development required for that next stage. Being able to identify where we've maybe hurried through (laughs) a previous training to try and get to the point that we are now going back, doing a refresher, getting really uncomfortable with our emotional state, feeling all of the feels and then starting a – starting afresh ready to move forward from there it's not it's not an easy process to go through because quite often we feel so uncomfortable that we don't want to go there in the first place but until you go there and you feel uncomfortable you figure out how to shift yourself out of that into moving forward again it's quite often what our horse needs as well it's to have that little recentered moment of togetherness before we crack on to that next challenge. Each challenge that we present ourselves and our horses should bring us closer together and become more connected. If you've found that you know, you've been kind of pushing your horse to get to the place that you're at now, you might be noticing a little bit of a, a wedge and a friction between you and your horse where they've been left feeling unheard as you strive towards your goals and the successes that you wanna see with your horse. And so that brings us to today's topic, which is consent and choice. So consent and choice is module three of Training Trainability, where we're going to support our horses, emotional agility, resilience, and self-regulation by allowing them to establish their own boundaries with us. Now, a little caveat here, if your horse has never had the opportunity of um, saying no before, of having the opportunity to consent, when we first ask our horses or when they first figure out that that's what we're doing with them is asking for permission, they start saying no to everything. <laughs> when we bring a horse up through a submission-based training style where they are never allowed to say no whether they have a legitimate reason or not and all of a sudden they now have the power to say no they really thrive under that power of being able to control what happens to their body i think that is a really valuable and an important tool in any relationship is that we don't just push others to do what we want them to do for us we're asking for permission to work together towards the same goal. And so, we need to then make sure that our goals are damn motivating to our horses. (laughs) If we're gonna be asking for permission to ride them, we wanna make sure that being ridden feels good to them and is comfortable. If we're gonna ask for permission to groom them or pat them or touch them, we wanna make sure that grooming, patting and touching feels good for them. And quite often this is where a lot of relationship breakdown happens is that we don't ask our horse how they want to be touched, how they want to be ridden, how they want to be tacked up, how they want things done to them for fear of having unsafe horses that say no to everything. But if you think about it yourself you would want the same asked to be like if you had to go and perform this job sometimes the gear is uncomfortable the rider is maybe not always soft with their seat or their hands if it's uncomfortable if you're pushed past your limits to the point of physical mental and emotional exhaustion you yourself would also start to resent the rider and go sour in work so it's about having a collaborative effort with our horse, co-creating these goals together, our horse certainly doesn't know what our long-term goals for them are. They can't see into the future. They can't. They don't, they don't even really understand why we're riding them the way that we are in the first place. But as long as the training environment that we create, the living environment that they're in, the relationship that we have with them and the way that we ride them, if all of that comes together to feel good and make them feel better about us and themselves, then they don't really need to know the big why. The big why is on us. But the day-to-day is about creating situations and experiences for our horses that make them feel good and enjoy working with us and learning and developing their athleticism with us. So when I first started working at the school, I was really interested to see how these values would apply in like a working environment for our horses, because obviously we can't give them permission when it's, it's their job, when, with their consent, when it's their job. We can't say, hey, like, do I have permission to use you for lessons today? Because we need the horses to come up ready to work. Uh, to earn the income that's gonna support keeping them. And while we didn't go straight into consent and permission and choice-based training exercises, we slowly ended up integrating them into our everyday handling because that is just how we work. Our values and our actions are aligned. And even if we're not asking our horses for permission or consent, they're always still giving us body languages that say whether they are keen or not. And those body languages escalate to behavioral problems and those behavioral problems escalate to dangerous behaviors. So we're recognizing the lack of consent, the lack of permission at the very beginning before it escalates to problem behaviors. By the time we get to the problem behavior, we've got some really big emotional unpacking to do. And we've had to do some emotional unpacking with some of these horses as well, which obviously is a little bit tricky in a work environment as well. But we can provide the support and we can help them emotionally unpack and they can still perform. If we have some level of emotional self-regulation, emotional agility and we can recognize and hear the lack of consent before it escalates so as we've talked about with everything else so far up into this connection-based series all the body languages that we've talked about is basically whether our horse is saying no or yes and whether or not we're hearing them and it's in that place of hearing them and seeing them that we have true connection if you see your horse giving you a bad behavior and you think poorly of them for it, oh they're a bad horse, oh they're a jerk oh my horse is stupid, it's so silly, it mucks up all the time, it's so flighty if you lump their behavioral response into who they are as their personality that's where we drive the wedge in to the connection and we disconnect our horses when we blame our horses behavior and on their personality as part of their personality and we don't see that their behavior is just an expression of a difficult experience that they're having that they can't emotionally self-regulate because they're getting pushed to the extremes of their coping threshold and coping mechanism and we think our horses behavior is an expression of who they are and who their personality is, that's where we drive that wedge into the connection and the quality of the relationship with our horse. If your child comes home from school and they're a bit ratty, (laughs) you don't say, oh, I have a terrible child, they're just the worst. You say, oh, they're tired, they've had a big day, they've had to learn a lot today, maybe they're hungry, maybe you'll give them some food and make sure they have a good sleep. You give them the emotional support that they need to be able to better manage their emotions and i bet a whole lot of us wish we had somebody like that in our lives and more often than not we have to turn to chocolate (laughs) we need to be our horses chocolate guys (laughs) being able to be that emotional support buffer for them within the training process is how we maintain that level and quality of relationship and connection with our horses so that we can keep going through those challenges the challenges need to bring us more together and they do that by us understanding each other on a deeper level which is not seeing their behaviors as who they are but who they are behind those behaviors a lot of us haven't had our horses from the beginning of their lives and we don't know what they've experienced that has shaped who they are today what could your horse's potential be before they were conditioned by the experiences that they've had if they had had positive experience layered on positive experience layered on positive experience what would their potential be to be a confident kind horse that understands how to look after its rider the easy part i feel as a trainer is unraveling a horse that has experienced trauma because of the absolute gratitude that they have to feel safe and loved. They understand what the experience is that's not that. What can be hard is having that horse from the beginning that hasn't experienced any trauma and trying to shape them out into the best version of themselves without being the thing that causes the trauma in their lives. And that's what our goal is with our connection-based training, is how do we continue to shape and help our horse grow and thrive in this industry without being the trauma that creates the behavioral issues and the emotional regulation issues that we then have to try and fix. So we have a handful of tools and resources that we lean into to try and create this experience with our horses to create confident secure emotionally agile and resilient flight animals <laughs> that understand their job is to look after their rider and be safe for their rider it doesn't mean that they are perfectly behaved every single day it doesn't mean that they don't tell us hey i'm i'm a bit sore today the girth hurts and they tell us that by nipping or their back is a bit sore and they tell us that by not moving forward off the aid. They're not going to be perfectly behaved, but if we can hear the lack of consent when, our horse, when we're asking our horses to work, when we know our horse well enough to know when and why they do lack consent, it does help us troubleshoot a bit better. Maybe we're going to give our horses a little spell. Maybe we need a body worker or a saddle fitter out. Maybe we need the dentist out. You know, lean into your industry professionals to help make, ensure that your horse feels good. And it can be environmental as well. What do the herd dynamics look like? Nutrition, time of year, there's so many fluctuating aspects in your horse's temperament as to how well they can express themselves and how balanced they are emotionally. And we have all those same experiences ourselves. We cannot expect our horse to not try, like have different moods and feelings and experiences each day that we, we work with them. So as I said, we've got you know, a handful of tools that we use to lean into these experiences with our horses. One of them is consent. And being able to have that emotional reset with them and then how are we going to motivate and shape an experience for our horse where they legitimately enjoy learning and the work that we do with them. I'd love to hear if you have uh, experienced any of this consent work or have tried it with your horse. I also would love to hear how you're going with this connection work. Quite often, that, um, you know, first introduction into the connection work can bring some walls down and you can feel a little bit closer to your horse. But then we've got to step in and reset some boundaries being clear with healthy boundaries and expectations of our horse is so important to being able to have a true meaningful connection with them because just bringing walls down and having that relationship and that connection doesn't, ins- doesn't set our horse up for success by blurring the lines of what is right and what is wrong for them. As long as they understand what it looks like to you know be the best boy for you be the best girl for you as long as they understand what behaviors you are going to be happy with then they have the best opportunity of performing well for you and when you motivate your horse this way when you are very clear with telling them how they can succeed and then then you know like when when they're trying and when they're not trying and it makes it easier to troubleshoot if they just don't understand what the answer is. They can't physically do what you're asking them to do. They might be having an off day. Maybe they had a slip in the paddock. You know, those little things that are going to come up on the day-to-day. It's being able to see how your horse is communicating with you And adapting each day to create the most positive experience for your horse and whether or not that means you reach your goals for a day, we have to let go of emotional attachment to if we want the quality of the relationship and the connection first. If we prioritize our positive experience for our horse with every training session, we will get to our goals. If we prioritize our goals over our horse's mental, emotional and physical health and well-being, we potentially won't get to those goals because they don't have the emotional resilience and they don't have the physical fortitude to get there because we've pushed them through things that should have been easy if we'd taken the time to provide ourselves and our horses with the skills to make that experience easy and this is why we layer our training and training trainability out in this way is that a lot of the work that we're doing with our horses is coordination and and balance work and communication and so we can do our foundational stuff fairly easily, hopefully. (laughs) It's when we start getting to those more complex cues that the wheels kind of fall off if we haven't been strategic in how we set those foundations up. If we maybe didn't perfect our coordination and our body language and our balance at the beginning there, it becomes near impossible to layer the next Skill in because we're already uncoordinated when we're trying to do something foundational and something that should be easy. So, focusing on the quality and the refinement of your foundational stuff makes stepping into that next stage of d- development a little bit smoother and a little bit easier for both you and your horse. So th- that what we're looking at there is when you're working towards something that's challenging is being very strategic in how you set up your communication. So we train individual words so that we can put those words together into sentences. And if it's a written thing, then you also want to be quite strategic in how you uh, create the environmental stress, which is your exercise plan, so that it is of benefit to your horse's musculoskeletal health. So it's really important to combine your suppling exercises with your strength-building exercises, strategically to develop postural alignment, and that is what untaps your horse's athletic potential. If you create too much suppleness, your horse gets weak. If you create too much strength, your horse gets tight. If you don't complement the exercise as well, your horse goes crooked. And as soon as we have crookedness in our horse's posture, their athletic potential starts to deteriorate and their pain levels start to increase. Because pain is messages from our body telling our body basically that there is str- there is something important going awry in the structural integrity of the straightness and the alignment of the body of the musculoskeletal system. So, if that gets pushed, if that gets pushed too hard with too much pressure, that is where we are at risk of severe trauma like tears, um, bulged disc and other bone and muscle and soft tissue injuries. So consent isn't just about whether your horse is saying yes or no to what you're doing with them. Consent is about the horse having some control over what happens to their body our horse should be a partner in their training program. The reason why we have Green to Self-Carriage laid out the way that it is is because it has been a result of me listening to the horses telling me what is best for their body and they do that through the level and quality of effort they, they put in and the quality of consent that they give and the level of willingness that they give. So what can I do with my horse that makes movement feel good? Well, firstly, having a nice, strong, straight posture is the foundation of everything. And listening to your horse telling you whether that posture is developing and strong and straight is key to unlocking their athletic potential, but also their willingness to be ridden and their willingness to move and work with you under saddle. So when we let our horses tell us yes or no for things that we're going to work with them towards, then it really allows them to tell us that there's a problem before the problem becomes unfixable. And so while consent can seem a little bit too much effort, I guess, because it means that you have to slow everything down and figure out how to work with your horse on their terms. In the long run, figuring out how to work with your horse on their terms is what is going to unlock so much more potential than you ever could have gotten just by pushing them through it, bullying them through it, forcing them into it, and trying to get to your destination quicker than your horse is capable of getting there to. So that's it for today's training. If you would like to know more about seeking connection and working with your horse for consent and choice, check out our membership training, trainability. I'll put the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, happy trails. If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with legs and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you. Especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, building a connection with your horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret sauce behind developing safe horses that care about you and look after you without trauma-triggering training methods, register for our new training today at wwwequestrianmovementcom forward slash connection and I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.